Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition of the show, which we are recording in Kyle's car outside of Memorial Coliseum, it's our road studio. That's what we like to call it. That's right. We're getting stared down by passersby, wondering what these crazy people are doing talking into a microphone. It makes it a little less weird. Some of the TV crews are doing their live shots for the evening news, so that makes us not look like complete lunatics, but it's all good. Um, we're going to talk about John Calipari. He just had his press conference. That's why we're outside Memorial Coliseum. Then we're going to go into the football preview and make a game prediction, do our over-unders, and we're going to wrap and share what Mark Stoops had to say at his press conference today before Kentucky faces off against Missouri. So we'll start with John Calipari. Kyle, what stood out to you the most that John Calipari had to say today? Well, one thing I need to – I'm going to have to sort of start to backpedal on a thing that I've been pretty pretty uh, solid on for a few months now, the idea that Ashton Hagen's who I'm the leader of his hype train, I think, mm-hmm. uh, is Kentucky's starting point guard. I don't think he is. I've been hearing some some stuff out of practices the, the last few days um, that that may not be the case. And uh, it sounds to me like that instead it could be Emmanuel Quickly. Those guys are definitely battling for that spot. And that could change. One thing Calipari said today is, like, look at Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I didn't start him you know, like the first 10 games of the season, and then by the end he's our best player. And I think he'll dangle that carrot. He talked about how useful the Shea story has been and will be in the future to tell players. Like, look, you know, you could be the seventh highest rated recruit we got, and you come in and work every morning and do the extra things it takes, and you can become a lottery pick like this guy. And, hey, if you didn't start the first 10 games, don't stop playing because, you know, that can change. Uh, But, yeah, I think now that Emmanuel quickly could be the guy, I I wanted to clarify – you know what the options were, and Cal did confirm that his two options are at point guard are quickly and Ashton Hagens. That he and and specifically that he wants Quad A Green off the ball uh, at the two. So to me, based on talking to guys today, and and also I would note that uh, Hagens and Quickly uh, were the two that were they brought out to talk. They both said that they haven't really played together much. See, that was my projected starting lineup. Was, I found was that interesting. Hagens on the ball and Quickly off because he can shoot it. Um, but that has apparently not been a thing they've worked on much in practice. Um, you know, and I think that the thinking with having quickly be the guy to start games is he, he's just more well-rounded offensively. He's, he's a much better shooter. We've seen him now win a couple three-point contests. Not a, not a huge step down defensively. He's not the game-changing defender, I think, that Hagens is, but that's a, that's a great weapon to throw at people off the bench. Um, well, wasn't your th- whole theory that Calipari wanted a defensive stopping team to come out and then an offensive team to just punch him in the mouth? Yeah. You can flip it. It could still, it yeah. could be the exact opposite. Yeah. And so so to that point, um you know, as we're trying to fit, you know, piece this together and and, and imagine what it's going to look like, Cal said I'm looking for some separation and he mentioned the the two people who've separated are PJ and Reed. And he said, no, Nick's been so good and he's so different from anybody else they have and really that most people have that he's going to force his way into some time. There are going to be times and maybe matchups where all three of the bigs need to play together, he made it sound which he like, did the other night. made it sound like he's going to be potentially using that lineup a lot. 
Yes, and and he liked it, and it was obviously they was very dominant when they went with the veteran team in blue white, and you had PJ at the three, Reed at the four, and Nick at the five. They were very good. Um, but I I think based on what Cal said today, I would say the starters that are that are right, like the, at least the the day one starters that are kind of almost set in stone, are quickly at point guard, Keldon at the three, uh, PJ at the four, and Reed at the five. And the, so the the big battle right now is probably for the two, and that may be settled too, and we just don't know it. Uh, but you know, do you want the veteran guy who can also handle the ball a little more in Quade Green, which gives you a kind of a second point guard out there, and he's a very good passer. He had nine assists, I think, in the blue white, and was a very good three point shooter last year. Or the like. Mega scorer Tyler Hero, who's bigger, he's six five, Quade six feet, probably a little better defender than Quade, um, a better overall scorer than Quade, not the passer that Quade is. Um, I, to me, that's the one that's up in the air, Quade Green or Tyler Hero, and and I don't really know what I think of like given if those if those other four starters are right, like who's the best piece with them, and then also who's the best piece of the other two. Of the two to then go with that second unit if that's what you're doing, you know who who's best to play alongside Ashton Hagens. Yeah, there's a lot of questions because Calipari keeps mentioning how he's kind of rolling where he's just subbing three guys in, and you know the the three guys in theory. If you let's just make it easy on two ourselves. guards and a big guy, probably. Yeah, well, let's make it easier on ourselves. We project it. We'll just put Quade as the starter. And then you know that means that Hagens and Hero are the are two, so and then be, probably Nick Richards. Yeah, that would be your three that would come in. Do you leave Quadi in? Do you leave quickly in? If, if those three come in, there's so many different dynamics. I think the thing to keep in mind, there isn't a perfect two guard on this team, really. Well, I don't know. I think I think Tyler Hero is a pretty close to perfect two guard, as long as he's willing to play defense. And I think he's a. I think he is. I think he's a better defender than Quade Green is. You really think that? I mean, Quade's not a good defensive okay, player. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I think he's improved this year, but um, you know, Hero's a pretty good athlete. He's much bigger. I mean, six five shooting guard. That's an NBA sized shooting guard. He's actually the same height as Keldon Johnson. Like in real in real life, I mean, because Keldon's listed at six six in real life, standing yeah. next to each other. Well, that's what the Nike Hoop Summit measurements had him at. Okay. They had him at the exact same height, but Keldon Johnson has like a plus four wingspan or something ridiculous that makes him yeah, the he's elite much level. longer, yeah, yeah the elite um, level defender that he is. But yeah, I mean that. So I think that's where we stand. I, th- I think I think you've got quickly Keldon, Reed, and PJ as starters right now, and we will kind of wait to see. Uh, who's the two guard? And then based on that, like, you know, who are their top, who's the first guy? I mean, if they're doing the three man sub, then first guy off the bench isn't really a thing, but you yeah. know, you know, we haven't even mentioned EJ Montgomery. Like, that's true. Does he, does he become an odd man out some nights? I think it's possible. Um, while well, my- he develops, cause he's still got to get bigger and stronger. I mean, there are going to be some matchups. I think. I think if you've got a slow footed four or five on the other team who, who can't, get out and defend let put that dude in and let him let him just get buckets away from the basket so kyle who do we look out for on this transylvania team <laughs> is that who they're playing because emmanuel quickly didn't know either <laughs> oh, oh no i missed that <laughs> somebody was like what what's it mean to you to play the so, you know your neighbor's school or whatever and he's like what who <laughs> how 
They're like, oh, Transylvania. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know much about them. Um, you at know, least he, I, at least he wasn't like the vampire school. Yeah, something like that. Which I'm glad they finally embraced the vampire. Thing. Yeah, on their so. game notes, they have a little um, bat. Yeah, and it was on the. It. They put it up in the on the big screen in Rupp Arena the other night. The, the big bat logo. They're the uh, the pioneers, right? That's their. I name. I think they ought to go vampires. Vampires. I think that would be that good. Is, that sounds like a winner. That's a, that's a really good nickname. I'm I'm good with the wordplay. Uh, that's why but, you're the writer. But you know, we we've been sitting here kind of thinking out loud about lineups and starting. What what I think is going to make this team so good is the fact that. I mean, Cal can do whatever he wants, and he's going to have five really good players on the floor. If he wants to play big, he can play big. If he wants to play small with shooters, he's got enough shooters now to do it. If he wants to go with a veteran lineup, he can play with you know a, a, a more veterans than young guys. Like mm-hmm. If he gets in a spot where he needs some guys who've had experience in college games, he can play a lineup that's got Quade Green and PJ and Nick and Reed. I mean, you know, and one freshman – or if you put Jamal Baker out there, but he's not really. He's a he doesn't have any more. He doesn't have any more experience in games than these other guys. But I mean, that's if he can have a lineup where if some guys have like stars in their eyes on a given night, and he can put a lineup out there that's got four veterans. He, you know, that's that'll maybe settle you down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree. You know, he can play fast. He can play slow. He can press. Ashton Hagens is like dying to press people even though that's you know and Cal keeps saying we might be a pressing team which is like hadn't he said that for the he past said it, three right years. it's a thing he says it and never does it but if they get but he does it when they need to you know when you're in a an end of game situation and I think you know if you're trying to make a comeback and you got this group you got a hell of a pressing team if you even if you're just a little bit working mm-hmm. on it in practice so we can kind of we can noodle these these lineup possibilities all we want i think cal will be mixing and matching all year i think the the great thing that he loves is if it's true that emmanuel quickly has passed up ashton Hagens. ashton Hagens was talking today about watching how hard quickly works and it making him want to get up and go to the gym and cal told a story today i think it may it must have been these two Maybe it wasn't, but uh, he said, I got a guy who's competing with another guy for a job, and he was going in early to work, and before he left, he knocked on the other guy he's competing with door and said, come with me. And so that's a good thing. You got guys competing and doing the extra, but also being good teammates, and my brother's keeper, as he likes to say. Um, and I think that's going to drag some guys along and just pull a little more extra out of them, because if you're if you're Ashton Hagens, you're probably the star- probably the starting point guard for all but three or four teams in America. Mm-hmm. And here you might not be. And and he said today, I don't care if I start. He said every one of us, we're, we have legitimately ten guys who could have gone somewhere else and been the man if that's what they wanted. But we all came here to accept the challenge. Um, and I think if you boil it down, if you were just going to say. One sentence about why Cal is so excited about this this team. I think it's that one. Two quick things before we move on to football. One, Hagens and Quickly are fun to talk to. They they I, are. They gotten a lot. They think they've gotten a lot better. But the initial media days that's overwhelming. I don't blame anybody. Yeah. Kind of not necessarily shutting down, but being a little bit guarded when there's hundreds of people roaming around your gym. But today they're really really fun to talk to. Really engaging. I'll be tweeting out some interviews. Uh, later today uh, as we're recording this on Thursday, so they should be up when you're listening to this podcast. Just go check out my Twitter feed, or I'll and I'll post them on BigBlueInsider.com. That's the 
other radio show I do, Kyle. And then <laughs> one, fi- one of one. And of. then finally, hey Kyle, how many points did Devin Booker average while at Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I guessed twelve when Cal asked that question. If you're it not ten point zero, Calipari today was quizzing the media extensively. He did it on several occasions, and one of the things he was his other story, in addition to Shea Gilgis Alexander, is the fact that Devin Booker. Didn't you know? Came off the bench. I forget what what Cal called him, like the seventh man out or something along those lines. And he said, and now he's scoring seventy points in the NBA. And he asked us, how many did he score average when he was at Kentucky? And Kyle, of course, perked up with an incorrect answer. <laughs> and Calipari quickly said, at least I know you guys don't pay attention to this team. And you, I thought, retorted correctly and said, there've been a lot of other players since then. You you got a you got a, a freaking. Uh, Assembly line here. What am I supposed to do? Remember thirty players' stats? <laughs> I almost uh, perked up, and I should I should have just yelled this out and just disrupted the press conference overall and go. Did you know Anthony Davis took the fourth most shots on that title team, John? Uh, we've but been paying attention to that talking point. All right. So in a second, we're going to be doing our over unders and previewing Kentucky at Missouri and some football action. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's just jump right into our over-unders, and then we'll make our game predictions, and we'll roll that all into our preview of the cat fight, because it's the Wildcats versus the Tigers, Kyle. Okay. Um, The over-under, here are the three over-unders. Drew Locke touchdowns, number of Kentucky quarterbacks that will play, and receivers with more than 50 yards. Drew Locke touchdowns, we set at one and a half. There's been a lot of... Stats that have been thrown around. Drew Locke has not been impressive at all. Not even close to impressive in his games against SEC foes this year. Missouri is 0-3. They faced Georgia at home. They played at Alabama. And they played at South Carolina in a storm that caused the game to be delayed for a portion. But the stats were one touchdown and five interceptions for Drew Locke, right? Correct. Zero touchdowns against Georgia. Zero against South Carolina. One against Alabama. Completed 48, 47, and 50% of his passes in those games. Ew. Not good. And that, that is not a new phenomenon. Uh, if you go through his career, his his stats are built largely against bad teams. I think there's a crazy stat, one of the Missouri guys. It's like one in, he's like 1 in 17 in games against uh, like FBS programs with winning records. Uh, it's something awful. I mean, he's got, so he's got. Four touchdown passes against Tennessee Martin. Four touchdown passes against Wyoming. Three against Purdue and four against Memphis with one total interception in that time. So that's 15 touchdowns, one pick against Martin, Tennessee Martin, Wyoming, Purdue, and Memphis. 
and one touchdown, five picks against three SEC teams this year. And like I said, that that is I'm not going to go back and add it all up right here, but that those stats kind of hold up all through his career. I would say the exception is probably when he came in at Lexington last year, though. Yeah, I, th- I know was, he threw for over 300 yards. That was a ridiculous game, and he was just firing on all cylinders. The Kentucky defensive backs looked like they had no chance against some of those uh, Missouri wideouts, and I guess that's one of the key components of this game, the way I understand it. Missouri is thin at wide receiver this year, where in years past that's been one of their deeper positions, and I believe Hall is their leading receiver, and he's been battling some injuries. So we'll see how that goes in this game. I think he was actually battling um, an injury and then a death in the family, so he's kind of got two things where he's trying to work back into the fold. Um, But last year, I just know Locke was on fire. Yeah, only 52% completions, but he threw for 355 yards, three touchdowns, no picks against Kentucky. That's pretty good. In a 40-34 to shootout where I think he had the ball at the end with a chance, right? Yeah, there was, um, that was the thing last year. I think everybody had the ball in a chance. <laughs> right. At, at but, that. I mean, to the, even to that point, okay, uh, I guess Idaho. What'd you call me? I, <laughs> Idaho South and southwestern Missouri State and Connecticut. Three very bad teams last year. He had 18 touchdowns and one interception. All right. So, you know, he had a huge year last year, threw 44 touchdown passes, but 18 of them came against the three worst teams on their schedule. So the over-under is one and a half. How many touchdowns will Drew Locke throw, Kyle? I'm going to say over. I think he gets two. Uh, you know, if we set it at two and a half, I'd have gone under. But... I'm one 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 seems too low. Although Kentucky is a you know Kentucky on paper has a better defense than Georgia or South Carolina. Probably not Alabama. I don't believe paper a lot. Yeah, but I, I believe my eyeballs too, and on my eyeballs say they're Can a really I, good defense. I, I pointed out how good Drew Locke was last year against Kentucky, and I got a couple replies that. Well, this is a different Kentucky defense, and while it it's is exactly the same <laughs> know, people, though, that's, that's what it's so <laughs> weird yeah. about this whole yeah. this whole year from the right. Kentucky defense. What <laughs> is all the same guys minus two playmakers and one key backup right. in Eli Brown, Josh Pascal, and Denzel Ware, who all although a couple you know, transferred and then one uh, obviously the Pascal injury. Although I would say Josh Allen has taken his game to yes, another level. Yes. They found some other ways to use him. We haven't even talked about that, how they've started to line him up as a basically a tackle over the guards. Going inside. Get him some more favorable matchups. Maybe get him off some of those double teams on the outside. Uh, you know, you've had Darius West step up and become a, a, really a star. Mm-hmm. Um that secondary has improved, but that's an, an area I still believe you can pick on them a little bit in the secondary. Uh, not so much Derek Beatty, but Chris Westry and Lonnie Johnson are still yeah, susceptible they, to get beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lonnie Johnson got beat in that game last week right at, right out of the gate, right? And wasn't it early in the game? I don't yeah. remember. Uh, but if you see a guy with a receiver running behind him in this Kentucky secondary, it's, it's almost certainly Lonnie Johnson. Um you're a Lonnie hater. No, but it's a fact. And so it's not like they're impenetrable in the passing game. And and, and Missouri's going to throw the ball a bunch. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, if I were making an actual on the number prediction, I'd say two. And since we're at one, 1. 1.5, I'm taking the over. I'll agree with you. He'll throw two. He's got that giant tight end. And the only thing bigger than the tight end is the tight end's last name because it's like Okbahana Mana Mana. And we, they just call him Albert O. So that's what I'm going to call him, Albert O. Camp Anawana. We hold you in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Think about you. This thing came apart. 
All right, the next one we're going to go to is receivers. These are Kentucky receivers with more than 50 yards receiving. Is that for the season? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, boy. Uh, <laughs> we set it at one and a half. I'll go first. I got to go under, man. I don't know with all the question marks, and Lynn Bowden will probably get there, and it's a it's a dicey play on my part, in my opinion, because – this, it is just, not a, this is not a bold prediction. Just Two takes, receivers get 50 yards receiving, yeah. but but in Kentucky's offense lately, it is. So I'm just going to go with one will get it, and it'll probably be Lynn Bowden again. I think they're going to throw it a little bit more effectively because, in all honesty... We count tight ends as receivers. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, this is Well, a pass catcher. Anybody. Receiver, uh, uh, running backs as well. Throw them all in there. I don't care. I only think Lynn Bowden's going to get over 50 yards receiving. I think they're going to throw it better, and you can't throw it much worse than 18 passing yards. But I just don't think they're going to have a, a target. And, you know, if one guy gets loose and Terry Wilson or Gunnar Hoke or Danny Clark or Eddie Grand comes in and takes a snap and throws a deep ball, then, you know, I'd be wrong. But I'm just going to say with what I've seen the earlier part of this season and say only Lynn Bowden goes for over 50 yards receiving. I'll say over. I think two guys get there. I think Bowden and one of Conrad or Baker. I mean, because Baker can get that on, you know, basically one catch. If he actually catches it, um, yeah, he had one that was, you know, pretty deep. But I've, I'm not going to labor too long on this point, so I'll just say over two, and we can get to the next one. This is the fun one everybody loves, and it'll roll into a question we got. It wasn't in the mailbag, but we got a DM, so I'll a- ask the question in this little preview. But how many quarterbacks will play for Kentucky? We set the number at two and a half because. Mark Stoops said several. Eddie Gran, Darren Henshaw, keep mentioning Danny Clark. Mark Stoops mentioned Danny Clark. So, Kyle, will three quarterbacks play for Kentucky against Missouri? No. Like I said, somebody tweeted at us that I guaranteed <laughs> on the last podcast that if they play three, they'll lose. I'm not guaranteeing, but I think I would love to know a statistical analysis of non-deal down, non-garbage time, three quarterbacks playing for a team, I would guess that the the winning percentage is like 15%. Uh, because that's a desperate move. And if you got, if you say, if people say you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. If you got three quarterbacks, you got real problems. Um, only team I've ever seen with three quarterbacks is Ohio State. The year they won the national title, they used three guys. And well, Kentucky is not Ohio State in the quarterback recruiting. Um, in the win-loss record, they're the same. Yeah, okay. This year. Uh, no, I say they don't play three. I say they play two. I think Gunner will get a look if if Terry Wilson does not get rolling. I don't know. I guess I'm torn because I think if, they, if, if Terry Wilson's bad and they feel like they have to go to Gunner, but then if Gunner is very bad, I don't think they'd just go right back to Terry necessarily. So that's that's where it's a tough call. Plus they've sort of put it out there and, you know, if you're losing a game, your offense is desperate, do you just roll the dice? I'm still going to say no. I'm going to say three quarterbacks do not play. I'm going to go over. The Danny Clark experience is about <laughs> to get a test ride. We're going to see what's up. I don't know why. I listen. I just have my ear to the ground, and I'm not saying I'm not guaranteeing anything. Even though some people, to your point earlier this week, tweeted out that I did guarantee that Danny Clark would sing. And as I will phrase it again, 
I'm kind of just being a contrarian here to a certain extent, but I would not be shocked to see Danny Clark. There's so many factors going into this. They really like Danny Clark. And as I said on the last podcast, they need to keep one of these guys around for another year. And I think this is this is kind of, it's weird, but this might be like a, a testing game. Because as we pointed out, if Georgia takes care of Florida, then the East is really next week's game against Georgia here in, in Lexington. And so if you're if you got to get your offense straight and you have one game that in theory won't cost you, you and yes still. you you might as well test just to see what it's like when he's been out goes out there in game action. I just but I I like I can't see any scenario where Danny Clark they want to play Danny Clark against Georgia. What if he goes out there and I he's mean, just yeah, the man? I mean yeah, what if maybe, but I think I'd rather use the Missouri game to try to get my actual quarterback's confidence back up going into the Georgia game. I think that's the initial plan, but we've seen Terry Wilson kind of struggle. We have. We'll see. And that leads me to the question we got, and then we will do our game predictions, and then we will roll to Mark Stoops. Had a DM in the Locked On UK DMs asked, what does Terry have to do on Saturday to end the discussion, and do you feel he will have the opportunities to do it? I think just hit a couple early passes. Like, just get something positive going mm-hmm. where the defense has to respect that, like, okay, they might actually complete a pass. Mm-hmm. A forward pass, not a... not a Sideways you know, pass. Screen pass. Flip the ball um, forward. I think, too, even on a, like, smaller level than that, they keep talking about pull the pin, pull the trigger, just let it rip. All the, all the euphemisms for, like, stop... Uh, he has procrastinating as he compared it to like <laughs> a guy. You know, you you got a week to write a paper. You're gonna wait till the last twenty minutes. Uh, stop procrastinating. Just let it. When you see it, just let it go. Mm-hmm. I think if they see him doing that, even they may be inclined to to keep the faith with Terry Wilson. I mean, he's got to complete a couple. They've got to get some something going early in the passing game. Yep. Um, not fumble when he runs because I think I think that's the thing too. It's not just passing. You know, he's a dynamic runner, but he's also had some ball security yep. issues. So I think if he goes out there, takes off and gets stripped again, throws a couple late interceptions or, or incompletions, certainly interceptions, then they start to go. Okay, this is the same thing. His confidence is still not there. Let's give this this somebody else another look. Maybe two somebodies. I agree, and I think you said it all. So we'll get to game prediction. Kyle, who wins in Columbia, Missouri on Saturday afternoon? I think Kentucky wins, um, which is a lot to predict given a, a, against a, a good offense when they have no offense right now. Well, they have but a I think, offense, but I think a that, portion of an right. offense. I think the history uh, of Drew Locke against really good defenses mm-hmm. is not a fluke. It's pretty consistent. Um, and so I think they will... Give even despite what he did last year against them, I think they are different despite having the same personnel. Um, I think they'll cause problems for him. I mean, Josh Allen is such a factor. He he, like whatever else you're doing, he is just now just wrecking people. I mean, he's he's getting in the heads of offensive linemen. He's getting holding false starts, sacks when he doesn't. I think that's good. they're going to disrupt Drew Locke, and I think they'll be able to run the ball enough regardless. There you go. You know, I think regardless of what gets going in the passing game, unless they go, we're going all three quarterbacks and they're going, we're going to throw it fifty times, which would be the dumbest thing on earth. And I would be, I would openly criticize the coaching staff for that. Like, why? No way should you do that. 
you still need to be throwing the ball about 20 times a game and running the crap out of it. Which is the other reason I can't see three quarterbacks playing. Where are their snaps for three quarterbacks? I think Terry Wilson's just fine at handing the ball off to Benny Snell, and I would do that a bunch. So I think they win. I think it. I think it's going to be close, but I, I, I think they're going to win. I've heard Danny Clark has a really good handoff motion. <laughs> strong. I, I, I agree. Good deep ball and a really strong handoff. Yep, those are his two, two biggest strengths, and that's exactly what you need in this offense. I agree with you, Kyle. I think the whole quarterback thing, while obviously a big issue, it doesn't matter. Kentucky's too good at running the ball and too good at defense to lose to a slightly inferior opponent in Missouri, even though it's a road game. Also, I think they internalize the the Missouri being a seven-point favorite or six-and-a-half-point favorite a little bit more, so they're back to the underdog mentality, which they kind of like. And I think they're, they're going to win the game, and that'll be that. And it'll be, it'll be close, but it won't be like in the... You know, no one will be worrying at the end of the game if Missouri can go on one last drive because I think Kentucky will have it in hand by the very end of the fourth quarter. So and set up a monster, mm-hmm. a monster, monster and, game uh, the following week. And Georgia. we will be here all next week to talk about that and preview that. Coming up next, we are going to hear from Mark Stoops. We'll share his comments, what he had to say at his press availability before UK faces off against those Tigers. You don't want to watch the game, you need to watch the game. Tonight we're watching some college football on ESPN and we also got some NBA going. How am I watching all that on my busy lifestyle where I'm always on the move? I'll tell you how, Sling TV. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch just so you can see your team win? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, and all kinds of sports. 30 bucks a month can get you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen and to all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime, and as I always say, you can upgrade and downgrade your channel packages whenever you need to. Locked On listeners can get a 7-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. It's a free trial. You got nothing to lose. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, now we're going to play for you those comments from Mark Stoops at his last availability before the Cats take on the Tigers. First one is a quick bite about his quarterbacks. All the guys have worked hard. We've been doing that, you know, and I felt like, you know, the quarterbacks have worked hard the past two, three weeks, and uh, they, they all had a good week this week. Earlier this week, Terry Wilson said that the coaches are trying to light a fire underneath him. I actually asked Mark Stoops if that is what they're trying to accomplish, and if they were, is it working? It, it always is like that, right? I mean, all of our guys know that. So however our players need to you know, interpret it and take it, there's, there's always competition, and we always expect them to play their best. And... Uh, like I said to him and like I said to the media, I mean, that, that, that was not his best performance. We still have a lot of confidence in him, and we expect him to play like he's been. And uh, so it is motivation, but all of our players need that daily. And uh, I like the way he's responded. Well, there you go, guys. Straight from Mark Stoops' mouth. That's what your, your final words for the weekend are on the quarterback situation for the Kentucky-Missouri game from the Kentucky standpoint. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to be following us on all social media. You can follow the show at Locked On UK on Twitter. Find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment however you listen to the podcast. 
And then follow Kyle Tucker and I. You can find him at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. And I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Give a quick plug. If you are a business looking to spread the word about your products and services, shoot us an email, LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com, and we can hook you up with how to get in touch with the Big Blue Nation every day right here on Locked on Kentucky. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. 